Anna. Hi, Sim. You're still in Italy, aren't you? Yes, I am. What are you doing? I, I get to talk to you. We get to do updates and we get to do ad reads. I want to know, I want to know what you're eating every day. I want to know, I want to know about this food. I'm eating a lot and it's incredible. I don't know how, like tomatoes, everything tastes different here. Can you just describe your favorite meal that you've had so far on this trip? Oh, you know, can I brag? We all went to the grocery store and I made um, a bolognese with like these beautiful ingredients, this amazing olive oil and this like incredible butter and this amazing um, meat and cheese and, I, and this incredible pasta and had like this big family meal out on, um, out on the terrace overlooking the sea. And I was, I was really proud that, that it came out okay. And it was just, it felt so intimate. And then the next morning I'm covered in bug bites. But anyway, it's been really special and, and everywhere, like we've just been traveling around and sort of booking hotels or motels at the last minute. It's been really fun. <laughs> oh, that sounds amazing. I'm very jealous, but I'm also very excited to see you when you come back. It's been a long time. Yes, yes me too, Sim. I know. We actually don't have feedback on Mayim's episode yet because we're recording this advance while you're still on vacation. But from the Bert Kreischer episode, we got feedback not from the, for the caller, but we got feedback on Bert. He's a hit with our listeners. It's been a while since I've received this kind of response. And I don't know if you've seen the Instagram, but people really, really, really love that episode. They were, I mean, I'll read you a couple of quick notes that I got here. Uh, one of these emails, one from Jessica in Chicago, she wrote, Hello, I wanted to tell you I enjoyed the Burt episode so much. Sometimes I have a bad habit and I'll skip episodes based on not knowing the special guest. Man, should I stop doing that? I started listening while finishing up some work before lunch, and I had to separate myself and sit in a conference room so I wasn't on the floor laughing. Thanks for a great <laughs> episode. Adrian, she's from Austin, she wrote... I have listened to every single episode on the podcast and absolutely love it, but I have to say the Burt Kreischer episode was probably the funniest podcast I've listened to, and I listen to a ton of podcasts. <laughs> I laughed out loud so many times that people at work thought I was losing my mind. Thank you for always putting on surprising guests that I should have heard about, but haven't. I have now bought into him just like he bought into Brad Pitt and will love him forever. Great job. That's awesome. I mean, he was a force of nature. I, I really, really enjoyed that guy. I did too. That's amazing. I, lo I love it when we get feedback like that too. And Thomas Lennon kept calling Christelia Chris Delia. Del I can't even say it because I know how to say it Delia? properly. He kept being like, Del Delia. 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 Thank you, Michael. While eating. <laughs> His name is Michael. How do you do that? <laughs> do you have a trick? You know what it is? I actually do have a trick. What? People don't forget names and I'm bad with them. Yeah. But they don't remember to remember. That's what it is. People, you think you forget a name. Sim. Sim card. Got it. You know what I'm saying? But you need to take a deliberate moment to remember. Well, that's what I always feel like. Because that's how memory works. When you meet somebody, it always feels like that. You they say something like, hi, I'm... And then there's like a mute button that goes oh, off yeah. in my brain. It drops. And Hi, Anna. Uh, my name. And <laughs> that's all you remember. And it's gone. Yeah, yeah. Forever. Yeah. No, that's everybody. Yeah. But, but boy, it's, that was impressive. 
Well, the Scientologists are right, man. You know how they do the first name thing? You're not a Scientologist. Are you a Scientologist? No judgment. No, no. No judgment. No, no. You can I don't me. believe in much. Well, it's not really a religion. <laughs> I just pitch you Scientology. <laughs> what I'm saying is they're right uh, that people love hearing their own names. You, have yeah. you heard this? And it's very comforting. Sam, do you have you heard? See, right there. You just get a little I get, I get excited. I get excited when Pete Holmes says my name. That's what I'm, I'm saying. Yeah. And Michael likes it. And he, and I forgot your name. But see, this is good. It's like Alana or something. Cassie. Fuck! <laughs> <sighs> God. Alana, and I didn't even man, learn your name. That was, which stinks. What's her name? It's Laura. What if you didn't know? That would be fucked up. That would have been real bad. What movie were you in where you played yourself? That was so funny. Oh, Keanu. Oh, oh, thanks. I yeah. love that twist that you were you. Oh, thanks. Did it play? You've seen it play live. Did it work? Did it get I a big I don't know. Laugh? I haven't seen it play. You didn't no. go see it uh-uh. live? We saw no. it together live and it played. Oh. You sat next to me what in was a crowded theater. Again? That's what SIM cards do. They remember. <laughs> That's actually a pretty funny joke because they remember all our phone numbers. I'm sorry. That is, actually, is it short like for it. something? It's short for Simran. It's Simran. Indian. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. But we can't handle it. So no, you say Sim. too much. Pete, you were an English major. <laughs> what is that? Your research? Yeah. How good was that? No, I love it. I want to be here all day. This is the greatest. I was an English major. Uh-huh. What did the you enjoy about ma- that? Nothing. The official major of people who don't know what they want to do. The five-year plan? Yeah, uh, were well, you a five-year planner? No, I, I did was, a four. I coun't get out. I couldn't get out of there yeah. fast enough. What did you know hate about it? Or not? Maybe not hate. This I didn't. I didn't. I didn't learn how to read. I can read. Uh-huh. But like how to read? Uh-huh. Like sit with a book and just kind of quiet yourself. Until like, I don't know, two years ago? I'm 38. Like now I know how to read. Back then, I couldn't read any. I didn't finish a single book. I I just kind of charmed my Uh way through all of it. Faked my... It was actually helpful as improv training to just like fake your way in conversations. Oh, completely. Yes. It was easy. And Just say what the last person said, but say it differently. (laughs) (laughs) I do think the bear was a symbol for hope. <laughs> or maybe it wasn't. And they're like, Pete really stirs the pot. We're all gonna die. <laughs> yeah, the bear is death, I think. And maybe, in a way, save this for the last part of your essay, the bear is also just a bear. Period. A plus. Ooh, that's just... They're all they, dopes. They... You ever look back at the people that were teaching you? They were fucking dopes. Oh, I don't know how they read. Why would they have bothered reading so many papers? Oh, sure. And they can't be that great if they ended up teaching me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like something went wrong if you're trying to get me to read Dickens. And I'm just like, the bear is death. Like we both fucked up. <laughs> but wait, but wait, wait. Let me, let me ask you though. Because I spent my college years, well, most, uh, my whole life, I guess, um, in, really dropped on that, little, I guess. Like a, Went real uh, low. Well, uh, yeah, well, I just want to be honest. Um, <laughs> but uh, but in sort of, you know, like that was definitely a, a period of a lot of searching for College. me. Yeah. Oh, totally. Like I couldn't find a group. Like I uh, first I hung out with like the stoner dorm rats, which I was. You were a stoner and then, dorm rat? Yep. And then I, and then I hang, uh, like hung out with the hacky sackers, which were just slightly older. Stoner, stoner dorm, dorm rats. rats. And they then I the went to like the raver. They were trying to lively up themselves. Yeah. You can't just sit around. You got to hack that sack. You got to hack the sack, which was the weirdest thing to watch like a group of dudes and then the girls that watch them like toss. Oh, you didn't play sack? No. You observed sack? Yeah. I was like one of the groupies. Wow. I was a hacky sack groupie. I get it. I've watched 
I've watched badminton before, so don't feel ashamed. <laughs> Everything stinks. Um, but it was such a time of like, I don't know Everything, where I That's belong. what college is. But the liber- that's what I like about liberal arts education. If you ever look at like the founding fathers of the liberal arts system, at its core, it's basically like, you're not really going to learn anything. But you're going to grow up in a structured environment. Can we spend the rest of this podcast yes. examining Before the founding fathers yeah. of the liberal arts education yes, in America? Yes, we can. My point is, is, is we think we're going to college to learn a trade or learn how to get right. a job. You're absolutely not. No. You're just being contained so you don't explode. <laughs> yes. They're like, you're probably going to explode. Let's at least keep them here. where we And Loco Prentice. They're your parents. Oh, there's Anna. She's she's high and watching people <laughs> kick a, a, a knitted ball. At least she's not dead. They were good, though. They weren't. They were good. so were they? good. Would they catch on their the, the small of their neck? <laughs> um, I believe yeah. they would. But did you live in the dorms? What did you I do? I did all four years. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah, me too. There were, you oh, did? Well, sophomore year, I moved to an apartment briefly, um, had some roommates that I was trying to fit in with. I couldn't figure out. Anyway, that's a whole other story. Is this why you're funny? Because nope, you don't know where well, to that's what be. Well, that, this, is, this is the thread I'm <laughs> trying you don't to know pull, where to though. Be. This is the thread I'm trying to pull is like what drove you to- Comedy? Yep. Sure. Well, we're going to have to go further back than college because college was actually good for me because I went to Christian college. I'll let that sink in. Okay. What, is that, <laughs> what does that mean? Well, it's so funny. I've, I've, I've talked about this enough that I have like cute answers. Like technically Harvard is a Christian college. <laughs> it is. Like all colleges, if they're old enough, were founded in the spirit of Christ. <laughs> but later, it's actually kind of interesting. The three books on the crest of Harvard. Sim, did you go to? No, I'm just kidding. You're just nodding. It's not an Indian joke. It's did you go to Harvard? I did not go to Harvard. Okay. It's not an Indian joke, but that's a good one. You can make that one. No, no. I wish I'm not one of the smart Indians. No. I bet you are, secretly. Um, are you a spiritual Indian? You're a white guy Indian. I'm pretty much a white guy yeah, Indian. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. What your parents might call a disappointment. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. yes. But the white community, you're killing it. You're doing great. <laughs> you can, we have such lower standards. <laughs> you, no one wanted you to be a doctor. You completely know me, Pete. <laughs> We're like, you are killing it. You get it. Look at your outfit. You're killing <laughs> thank it. You, thank great job. I appreciate it. But the crest of Harvard you had three books, and they represented three realms of knowledge, and one of them was divinity, and it used to be closed as if to say, no one can possibly know the extent of God. Now it's open as if to say, we got it. Like, it's like very, it's a very cocky crest. So anyway. Yeah. What the fuck, man? <laughs> Close that it book, Harvard. Like Scientology. Oh, shit. Like, you get to like, get the secret at the end? What the fuck? <laughs> well, it was all a volcano. Um, so anyway, my college is weird in that it's actually, listen to the pride, it's actually a Christian college. Meaning, I, and I don't like my school. I'm not like proud of my school. I'm just saying you had to sign a declaration of faith. It was for Christians. You know, like restaurants in New York where I all the waitresses the are models. I signed the D.A.R.E. certificate when I was in fifth grade. There you go. Like something yeah. like that. I'm a graduate of the D.A.R.E. program, yeah, too. Yeah, okay, yeah, sorry. Didn't work for you because you're watching Hacky Hey, 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 We go back and forth. We go back and forth. <laughs> just okay. like the ball. Just like the hacky sack itself. So it it was a proper Christian college, but what was proper, you know what I mean? Everyone there believed a pretty similar thing. And then what happened was, and the reason that I kind of thrived there and I'm very glad that I went there was it was so boring. There's no booze, no drugs, even very little sex. Like I didn't know anybody that was sexually active. We were all just kind of, it was like summer camp in that way. 
And I actually look back on it fondly because all we were doing was wa- watching Forrest Gump on VHS, being bored. And therefore, I started, I didn't, it wasn't my idea, but I was like one of the founding members of the improv team. Started doing shows, and these audiences were desperate for entertainment. <laughs> and some of my alumni, fellow alumni, teased me that I say I was a bad boy. There were real bad boys. There were people like getting in fights and doing drugs and having sex and whatever's bad. I was a good bad boy, meaning I was in improv and I would say like bastard occasionally. And like everyone would, like that would shock them. It was like being Howard Stern. Like I was the <laughs> shock jock of my Christian college. But I saw how provocative and influential and interesting and entertaining comedy could be by being in this like 1,500, 1,600 student tiny bubble. And you could do, and I, th- I think I was funny, and you could be funny for these people that were desperate for it. I feel the same way when I go to Utah or if I tour to like religious areas. They love it. If you don't condescend, if you talk to them one-on-one and be real and be actually funny and just kind of treat them like regular people, they need it more than any other group. Although they cockblock themselves. You know what I mean? Like they might want you to be dirtier than they're allowed to look like they're enjoying like, it. Right, right, right. Like you know there's a I mean? lot of glances around. Like are we, are we, are we oh, cool? Sure. Are we cool here with the... It's actually one of the reasons why Howard Stern is popular is because you listen to him in your car and that's right. a private area. Yeah. So if you could give like private viewing pods to Christians, they might laugh more. <laughs> Be like, yeah, anal! You know what I mean? But I feel for my people. But but it was high school that I felt like a misfit. That oh. I, that's that's to, to bring it back to what you were saying. How? how? Do you mind me asking? I just, no, not at all. I just didn't, uh, I didn't know my group. There were the jocks. We called them the white hats Uh because they all wore white hats. Uh, A bunch of fucking tools. Some of them were my friends and they were great. They didn't, they were also looking for themselves, but some of them were real tools. And uh, then there were the drug people and the sex people. And I I just didn't know what to do. I was a punk rock person for a while. I wore a leather jacket with studs in it. That's real. And then I became a Christian guy. I was a bat caver that liked a bat caver? Like, secretly liked the white hats. I was no, that you, kind of girl. You're not wrong to want alliances with the white hats. You don't want them to be your enemies. And you were probably like a like a cute girl, so you're no, like having no, no, sex no. with these nope, people. Nope, oh god, no, no. I was wearing headgear. I was really like, incredibly. No, this is great. Like, oh, and this got us, mom. <laughs> How are you taking over this podcast? This is like a podcast takeover. Yeah, are you stoned? No. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. <laughs> no, you're doing great. I'm just like, uh, I don't need your reassurance, dude. Ooh, Fuck you. I just start hacky sacking, and you love me again. <laughs> oh my god, look at his moves. Um, I don't know. I, I I host a podcast, and uh, I a lot of times when I have podcast hosts on my podcast, yeah, what is it like? They're very good, very good guests. Oh, good. I Conan, right? Our neighbor. We're, we're always waiting to talk. Oh, that's funny. The hosts, no, the the hosts are good. Like I just did Larry King's web show, yeah. and he's a real broadcaster. Yeah, people that do a lot of interviews learn how to answer questions quickly. So mm-hmm. you say, 
you're, I can see that you're trying to get at why I became a comedian. I'm like, well, let's go back. But I, I did have that anecdote about you college. Should, yeah. Pretty ready. <laughs> Pretty ready. Like that's, you're in show, but we're in show business. So we know show people. Forget the business. We just know performers. Mm -hmm. Then you go home and you realize that like a, a lot of people, a story is like, and there was an extra slice of cheese at the bottom. <laughs> and you're just like, oh God. I'm nearer to death for that. So you kind of forget how great you are. You're great. You're doing great. I don't know how I tied that back into a compliment. Okay, Pete, you are, you feel like, I don't know you all that well, but you feel like an anomaly because one of my rules for women. Women, ladies. Ladies. <laughs> is to not like date a stand-up. Don't date stand-ups. Yeah, that's a great rule. But you seem like an exception. Well, I appreciate that. While I love my people, uh -huh. I try very hard to uh, work the balance. Like, I, I feel like, oh, God, am I really going to say the ring of power thing? Please. Do you know Lord of the Rings at all? Yeah. So I think the ring of power is similar. It, it, you don't need to know. I'm, I'm about to explain. Well, I was just thinking about that eye thing, you know. Yes, Aaron. Yeah. Did you see the guy that made the mat? The, he made a ball of matches and lit it on fire? No. Run, don't walk. Okay. It's Michael. I don't know why I want you to watch it. Just watch it. <laughs> You're going to love it. Don't even, don't even, just keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> I picked a bad time to, to invoke you. It looks like the Eye of Sauron. The guy glued like, it must be 50,000 matches together and he lit it on fire and it looked like the Eye of Sauron. It was amazing. It also looked like a planet dying. You got to watch it. I love that. I look at show business and do it. Like last night I did a show at the comedy store and it's great. Like you're fed by it. And I drive home and I blast what do you blast? I'll blast like uh, Kanye, like real, like yeah, ego, yeah. ego heavy yeah, music. Yeah, you some feel DMX. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. I guess. <laughs> DMX. Do you play the mom on mom? <laughs> I know you, I know you they don't. They did. Yeah, well, yeah. There's a mom. It's your mom. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I do. I, and I am a mom on the show, but. Um, You're always double the kid, moms. The kids, are, the kids are living with uh, my ex-husband. I see. Yeah. Wait, in the show. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Here oh, we, yes. And I am a mom, in, I think, in real life. You have children in real life? Yeah. Well, okay. One. Just I one. Believe. You're really trying to think about it. This is very frightening. Um, anyway, what I'm saying is show business, the feeling I get, that big feeling of invincibility that I get from doing stand-up, I love it, but I try to manage the levels because you let it into your blood and I see what happens to my own people. If you just start mainlining it and having all of your needs met by show business, that's when you become the guy that you don't want to date. That's when you become, frankly, I, I warn my friends about dating actors and actresses for the same reason. I'm like, be careful because they're getting their needs met by their side piece as well, showbiz. So I like to th like. That's a brilliant way to put it. You know it. what I'm saying? So oh, yeah, yeah. even though I love it, I don't do it every night. And I don't say yes to everything that I basically could be doing because you don't want to, you don't want it in your blood. It's the ring of power. You turn into Gollum. That's what happens. So Gollum gets the ring of power in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. process, you know? Very good. <laughs> and then he turns into, you know, a Gollum. But what if he's happy? Like at the core of it. Have like you seen what the if... movie? <laughs> what if, sure, no. he's hungry and thirsty. Uh, he does look amazing, but he's so thin. How does he lose those LBs? But I'm just saying, what, what if there's another side that we what? just don't know? <laughs> That's totally possible. I like to think there's a balance because what I want is I want to be married. I am married. I want to have kids and a family. I want to be able to sit on my porch and look at a tree and I want to do show business. And that's very deliberate. Yeah. And I think you got to work on those levels. Now it just turns into Super Soul Sunday. I'm just saying 
be careful of letting those adrenalizing experiences in because you do get addicted to them. So I've kind of figured it out. Stand up three, four times a week, tops. Uh, and then the rest of the time I'm trying to like read a book yeah, and like be quiet. I, de- I definitely escaped through and it's been definitely more, a little more difficult last year, but through news, like, cause I, you escaped through the news. Yeah. Because so much of my community, our community is here. We're all in the same industry, which is exciting, you know, creative people that are energized and fucked up and fascinating. But the reminder of like the larger world was a constant like I I still have a hunger for that because it comforts me in you know when I get rejected (laughs) I see what you're saying you know what I do what sometimes I'll just google image search uh photos of earth in space oh that's nice so the news I actually (laughs) what am I your therapist it concerns me that the news there's other ways to zoom out because that is in its own way a type of show business I still have to be so mentally like I understand. I'm not here. Let's not change it. It's working. It's great. The way that I relate is I like to think that we're on a planet floating in infinity. Not only infinity, expanding infinity, which is a paradox. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's infinite, but, you know, it's growing. I get weird, a weird amount of comfort about the idea that as humans, we will never understand infinity. Sure. Except that movie, The Man Who Understood Infinity. (laughs) Fuck you. You didn't see it. Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) This is my fucking show. Simsad. Start an Indian guy. Fantastic. Is it fantastic? See, he wants to be a math Indian. He'll finish what you were saying. There, no, comfort in the mystery. That's a beautiful thing. Well, that it makes me feel like, you know, obviously there's much bigger things that we will never understand. And than... you, Anna, are just playing a game. You're playing the game of show business. The game we, we all of are. life until I die. For sure. And that'll be interesting. But then I'm going to come back. As what? I don't know, like a clam. What's your What's your escape? What's your escape fantasy? I always think it's really funny when people talk about the idea of a past life. They're never something small. Yeah. It's it's always like, I was um, Jesse James. Yeah. Really? Because you manage a staples now. Yeah. I think that I was like a princess and whatever. That was a good bit. You, you lost the thread. It's, I it's, did. I, knew, I was I'm never sorry. a clam. I was... Oh. You should be like, I was a clam and I was steamed oh, that was so in a fat good. guy. You, ate you me. were listening. I'm listening. That's tough for stand up. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, no, it, it's tough for everybody. <laughs> what, did you ever do stand up? No, no. I was a really short kid growing up. And I came from yeah, like a relatively tall family, come from whatever. Anyway, I was shy and awkward and I desperately wanted to feel beautiful and liked, but I had no idea how to achieve that at all. So instead, sort of, I, I funneled this energy into um, being this really serious kind of angry kid. Really? Uh-huh. At what and age? I th- when did serious at, at 41. <laughs> <laughs> you mean in 20 years, girl? <laughs> oh, thanks, babe. Right. Um, no, but no. I, I, so anyway, so like, I never thought of myself as funny. And so it's been an odd journey that that's sort of yeah, who's been who, who discovered you as funny though. Can I say I remember seeing you in Scary Movie, and I'm getting that right, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Because okay, yeah. your face just fell. <laughs> no, no, no. Because because I, I was gonna tell you. Yes, yes. I just remember yeah. watching you, and you, the joke was it's not even like a politically correct joke, but you go, "Hello, you're walking." It's you're in Japan. And you say hello, and nothing happens, and then you go, you say hello. <laughs> And the, subti- and the subtitle oh, reads, hello. Oh, that's right. As if the word hero 
in Chinese means hello. Like they're not, it's not like a language difficulty. The word is hello. And then the subject, I lost it. And that was my exposure to Anna Banana. Thanks. Well, yeah, no, that it was amazing though. To yeah, it was like, super funny. Like, you were super funny. But who thanks. discovered that? Because uh, you didn't believe in yourself. Who was it? Well, you know, because it comes from the same place, comedy and drama. And it was such a jarring and disappointing realization when I moved down here and I got Scary Movie and it was amazing. That and was the first thing? Yeah. It must have been because I was like, how old were you? Well, let's not talk. Eight. Yeah, eight years old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, <laughs> but, but I was so, I was, I was so, um, I was so bummed about the lack of imagination. Eight. <laughs> you liked like, that one? It's like overplaying the Hollywood game. It's like, how old am I? Eight. Are you? Uh, you need to be 18. Okay. <laughs> you didn't let me finish. Teen. <laughs> <laughs> so that's comedy happens. No, but yeah. So that was your first thing, and you were saying, yeah. Well, anyway, so that's that's oh, been sort of my journey in comedy. Two sides of the same coin. You're talking yeah. about the the Tom Hanks principle. Yes, because T Hanks, of course, I am. Started well. You're touching on it. <laughs> he started in your like you know bachelor party and all those wacky comedies. You know, now and then he's he moved on to a multicam. <laughs> and then he went to a multicam called Dad. No, he now he, you know he's male. He's male old Streep. He's well, our male male Meryl uh, Streep is what I'm saying. Yeah, but well, he started in comedy. A girl can dream, but it it just bothered me the lack of imagination because I couldn't get auditions for dramatic things and because and, you were you were being pigeonholed right away because of Scary Movie. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. And it was just odd for the first time in my life at, you know, 22, because I've been acting, doing thinky things up in Seattle, but to think of myself thinky as- Thinky things? Not thinky things, dinky things. Dinky things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, opposite. Not thinky, <laughs> dinky. Real hero stuff. Yeah, you know, like industrials. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, to think- and, But then you felt pigeonholed. I- consider myself so fucking fortunate of it's course okay. you don't have to say that but i but i did i just didn't un- ever identify as a comedy as a comedic person it was put on you that's it interesting was put, it was put on me yeah it's interesting i always thought i didn't read that from your career i was like oh here's funny girl being funny girl because comedy's so it's hard. so fucking hard yeah no, I don't want to do that. And I want to just be like fucking Amelia Earhart 3, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to fly around in a plane by myself. Who is like- it? Emma Stone? Is that her name? Emma La La Land? Yeah. I look yeah. to the... Yeah, Emma Stone. You could have done that. Fuck you. What do you, you mean? You're telling me this now? Yeah, well, I didn't cast La La Land. <laughs> <laughs> but I could see that for you. You know what I mean? What are we, just having a general meeting now? Yeah. I'm just saying it is kind of unfair... What I'm what I'm doing in my head is I'm going okay. Is she right? Are you right? trying Could to make me feel better? Or? No, no, no. I'm going. She thinks I got put into comedy and I didn't belong there. And I'm like, well, I wonder if that's true. So while well, you're talking, the, I'm trying to picture any other things, and I could totally picture you in a thing like La La Land. Or, but Easy A was a comedy. She kind of did that too. But it wasn't a broad comedy. And I say broad with love. Scary Movie was broad, and I love. Oh it. yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I wonder but, if that put some broad stank on you. Oh sure. But I um. But uh, no, it just it just when you were asking me about stand up. Not stank, you know what I mean. Oh yeah, but listen, please put the stank, stank on me. <laughs> I need it. There's a skunk behind me. You can't see. <laughs> the listeners can't see that a skunk just walked in. Pete, can I ask? 
ask you some um, questions now? Yes. I'm sorry I'm not more familiar with the show Mom. Is that insulting? No. Okay, good. No, no, no. I love you. You're great. Thank you. I haven't seen Mom. But I haven't seen anything. I haven't really. I just, I, want, I, I just want to come I, clean. Yeah. Listen, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't catch you last night at the There you go. Comedy, comedy store. store. Comedy, comedy store. store. They make it at the Laugh Factory. They sell it at the comedy <laughs> store. <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good That's one. A that was a good one. Oh, man. Uh, what okay. is your question? You have sheets of Yes, paper. I do. Mm. These sheets. are called Just Answer. Just Answer. Just Answer. Shouldn't we, like, drop in a sound? First <laughs> job. Just Answer. Shut up and Just Answer. With Anna Furness. Wait, it's Anna. Why'd your mom do that to you? I don't know. <laughs> Just answer it, Pete Holmes. Wait, it's the I, first can question. I use, this is like a new segment. Can I use that as like the segment music, the intro? No, can I no. please, for every time we do it from now on? Yes. I love that. I'll put some, you know, some beats behind it. <laughs> you could be Anna if you wanted to. Anna Gosteyer just did my podcast. Yeah. And I was like, I called her Anna a bunch. Yeah, no, people do, but yeah. it it is it's on and it's annoying. It's but I read an article that kids that have correctable names, names yeah. that you have to correct, yeah, actually end up being more outspoken and self-asserting. Well, that's probably why you're successful, Pate. Boop. That was good. No, no, you it was a just, little weak. You, you just gave me a booked La La Land Two. Oh no way! You just booked La La Land oh. Two, the Hollywood of it all. Wait, <laughs> <I> th- <laughs> it's when their careers go tank, and the song is City of Bars. And they start podcasting. <laughs> yeah, they start doing podcasts. <laughs> you like jazz music? Shut up, Ryan. I love them. Love the Goss. First job you were fired from? Never been fired. Awesome that you know of. Mm. Well, life fires you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you have to move on. Urges fire you. <laughs> I left Chicago. I worked at a Bennigan's in Chicago. A Bennigan's? Yep. Monte Cristo. Get it right. We didn't wear flair. Get oh it my right. God. People always say flair. They always say wrong menu items. And when I left, the general manager said New York or LA because he was so used to everyone being in Chicago getting to a certain point and then leaving. And I want, I, I just want to see his smug face now. I'm not usually that sort of person, but he was so dismissive. I was like, I'm leaving. Oh. He was like, New York or LA. I was like, all right, I get it. There's a lot of us. You don't have to be a crumb bum about it. His name was Rob Awe. <laughs> he was very nice to me, actually. But he did say that one snarky thing. And apparently I've been harboring it. <laughs> Pete, seriously, mm-hmm. you're quitting? Yeah. All right, so what? So what, you want to, like, pursue a dream? Yes. So what, like New York or L.A.? New York. And then L.A. (laughs) (laughs) And he was right. That's what made it worse, was he was right. I was going to New York. That Bennigan's is now a Walgreens, so fuck you. And turn into Pacino, so fuck you. Go eat a dick. Have you seen Ocean's 13? Not bad. Oh my God, we're not going to do a movie okay, like sorry, podcast. Sorry. Have you seen Scary Movie? Do you ever get stoned and watch your old movies? Do you? Be honest. Every night. You have. Oh God, it's just on like an amazing loop. Because I don't, I can't afford cable anymore. Oh, you're it so Did you even good. call it cable? I don't know. Wait, whatever. We're getting off on a stupid Okay, sorry. Thing. I'll do just We got to get back to the thing. Hit him. Okay. Which Winter Olympic event Ugh. Do, you, do you think you have the best shot at meddling in? I don't, the only one I know is the sweeping one. I'll curl. 
Yeah? I'll get out there on the ice. No skates. I'm just standing on ice. Are you going to be the tosser of the <laughs> tosser. nut hey, or tosser. the sweeper? Um, I hate all that shit. Mm. I'm so... The most confusing thing so in my cynical? life... Oh, I'm not really cynical. It's just funnier to have an opinion than to yeah, be like, yeah, of course, no, 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 no. But, but. <laughs> we actually, I had a talk show called the Pete Home Show, and we did a monologue called "Have an Opinion," and it's a real life hack. It's like I don't care about the Olympics. I understand why people like it, but it's so much funnier to be like, I fucking hate the Olympics. Nothing confuses me more than why people are watching the goddamn Olympics. I kind of know what I mean, but I see the other side. It's just, I think the example we used in the monologue was like. I know I like, let's say I like dogs, and I see the value of cats, but it's so much funnier to be like, fuck cats, fucking dumbass cats. Oh, you're so right. This is how to have a personality, but no one teaches anyone, and this is where we get the story like, and there was a slice of cheese at the bottom. <laughs> That's how we get that story. All right, do you have strong, like, I don't know. I, hate, but... I don't like the Olympics. Who cares? You know what the Olympics are? Why the Simpsons aren't on tonight. That's all they are to me. They're just a cock block. We're here in Aspen. What the fuck? Do you have no dreams anymore? What do you mean? Like this Olympic is dreams? <laughs> I never had Olympic dreams. I don't want to stand in the but cold and be handed a medal. To see, like somebody who's been working, and it's a little bit depressing as well. It's but so working depressing. for like that one a moment, of a and then they can do it. Don't you feel that when you do stand up? It's like mm. you know you got one shot. Do not miss your chance to blow. <laughs> this opportunity comes once. It, for me, it doesn't come once in a lifetime. I don't have a coach. I don't have a gym. I get to do it all the time. These, these people, the poor saps that are like, this is the one skate that matters. Like, you picked the wrong job. What? I, <laughs> I love it. I watched Itania and it was like, she's so good, but she has to be good at Tuesday at 11 a.m. She was good yesterday. She did the triple But don't spinny. you think, like, as an actor, were you, like, auditioning? That's for me, like, that's that's what it taps into is, like, the audition moment where it's like, it. oh, God, all right, I've got this one thing and i got to deliver. It just seems so stupid. <laughs> I just all, and believe me, I get it. It just doesn't grab me. All sports. Oh, look, he threw the ball and the man missed the ball. Who fucking cares? What are we doing here? That's when I go, we're on a planet. I will, I will, I will concede. Mm. While I like some sports, oh. I will concede that um, it does feel very, like the loyalty feels arbitrary. And that's true. When like you're with somebody who's a crazy enthusiast and they're super bummed out because the team, yeah. the Filled what, with people from the Dominican Republic the, that represent the, New Jersey for some reason. And they're yeah, totally that. bummed and they're bummed for like the rest of the day and you're trying to cheer them up with nachos. Yeah, and more it's nachos because like, they were definitely eating nachos <laughs> during the game. And it's like, oh, but I, I know that sucks. I'm I, sorry. But everything I love is also arbitrary. You know what I mean? Like it's all arbitrary. That's but true. for some reason sports don't grab me. Right. You know why? Because I'm a, I'm a mom guy. I'm not a dad guy. You go to the ball game with dad. I thought we were going to talk. He just wanted to face forward and watch a baseball game. That's some dad shit right there. I couldn't wait to get home to mom and tell mom that dad just wanted to watch the baseball game. Like that fucking sucks. I'm a connector. I want to hear and I want to be heard. And watching someone skate or throw a baseball or throw a basketball, I'm just like, what are we doing here? It's just, it just, but don't get me wrong. I have, I have dumb hobbies too. Like I watch you know, we, we all watch Breaking Bad. I'm not like, that's also fake. That's also arbitrary. I got very passionate about it. So it's not like I can't understand sports, but they just don't grab me. Wait, you did a podcast with uh, Aaron Rodgers. What did you talk about then? 
we talked about the, I can get into it. I just don't care that much about it, but he doesn't seem to care that. I asked him, what's the greatest lesson he learned about football? And he said, it's temporary. So this is a guy that understands there's more to life than football. But I also see the metaphor of it. You know what I mean? The cooperation and the the grind and all that. I you, I can see the beauty of it. It's just not for me. But it, but it is interesting. I interview a lot of musicians and I sometimes don't like music. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. I'm going off on a tangent that I shouldn't. But just about the idea of like, like I think when you're inside the, the world, I don't know, like Terry Crews sort of explaining the whole corporation aspect, how the cultivating of loyalty is so essential. And then so you end up feeling like I... Or as an audience member, you sort of be manipulated. But I'm, I don't, we don't need to talk about this mumbo jumbo. You mean in sports? Yeah. This is like this is like an episode of my podcast. We talk about tribalism all the time, and but I'm I'm kind of trying to strip myself of identity. I'm not like trying to collect different identities. Like even people like I have a stand-up special on HBO called Faces and Sounds, and there's a B on the set that I didn't even know about. And I'm from Boston and somebody emailed me and was like, way to represent Boston with that B. And I'm like, dude, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, I don't like associating with groups. I like disassociating from groups and going like, all of this, talk about looking at the planet. All of this been is in sociology. <laughs> I come from a family of sociologists. Uh-huh. My brother's a fourth generation sociologist, the world's only. I'm very proud of that. I've only ever heard that for farmers. You're just like, he's a fourth generation sociologist. Yeah. Well, no, truly, my great grandfather like helped sort of start, anyway, whatever. So I grew up in an environment where we it did feel like looking at society and human group patterns from a distance. And it's a lonely feeling, but it's also in an odd way sometimes comforting uh, the predictability of behavior sometimes. I don't know what the well, we get fuck back, I'm talking about. No, we get back to comedy right there. That feeling like an outcast in high school is kind of mm-hmm. – so that might be my group. Mm-hmm. My group – the group that I'm in, and make no mistake, I'm in a group, mm-hmm. is the group that looks at the other groups and goes, it's stupid to be in a group. But that's my group. And I'll play that part. That's fine. But I don't like going like, I'm from Boston. Go Red Sox. Like I, I look at that and I'm like, can't we just like be reasonable for a second? I sort of want like, that when Philadelphia lit, lit the city on fire. Oh my God, I'm being a bad guest. No, no, no. I, I'm just intrigued. I'm just saying, sort of like Philadelphia won the Super Bowl, right? Yep. And then they lit their city on fire. Like I'm just like anything that makes people behave that way is not my favorite thing. Anything that gets men, drunk men going, yeah, I'm like, this isn't for me. I, I, I want to be in an improv theater. That's, that's, that's like, I, I want to do stand-up. If you're locked in a Trader Joe's, mm. they're closing, you're there at night, you somehow get locked, you're like whatever lost in the nut butter section or something. <laughs> they close the doors, the fluorescent lights are still on. Uh-huh. And there's one song on a loop. Mm-hmm. For the next eight hours, mm-hmm. while you curl up in the warmer section, I don't know where that would be. Probably the breads. Maybe by the breads. Yeah, good call. they have an insulating quality. <laughs> what song would that be? Ah, it's a great question. Is it? Well, we'll explore I mean, it's that a, later. It's a great way of asking what's your favorite song. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's more interesting than that because it's like what song. Do you have a very high tolerance for it? Yeah, yeah. What if I was like, mbop? That would be <laughs> that would be when you knew that I was going to follow you home amazing. to kill you. Like, that's what you do. Um, I can listen to the song. I love the national. Do you know the national? Yeah. And my favorite national song is called Don't Swallow the Cap. And sometimes I, I have a little bit of an obsessive brain, not in a bad way. I think we all Don't swallow can. the cap. 
I'll play it for you. Okay. Um, so sometimes I get songs stuck in my head. Yeah. It's one of the reasons I don't love pop music. Like if I listen to Taylor Swift, sometimes I do. It'll probably be in my head when I get up to pee at 3 a.m. And mm -hmm. I'm just like, why is Look What ma You Made Me Do playing as I'm urinating? And so it sticks with me. So often I will listen to Don't Swallow the Cap to get another song out of my head in hopes that that song will get in my head because I find it so pleasant. Would you like to hear it? Mm. No. I thought, that, I thought that was the thing. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I thought you wanted to hear it. No. But I do want to know about Pipe it, it in. Because I do... I, I, Pipe it under this part of the conversation. I love, I love the national. I love War on Drugs. I love our friend Mondo Cosmo because there's a, such a complicated, a complicated element to the songs. Mm -hmm. Like almost, I really admire a band that can take one song or essentially sort of four songs and, and have the arrogance or the confidence, the creativity to make it into one song. Like you, if you broke down... Some of I the, see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. You could have made the bridge into its own. You song. could. They could have been easier. Right. You know. No, um, it's one of the reasons. Do you like why War on Drugs? I don't know who they are. Do you like Mondo Cosmo? I don't know who so that is. Friend. Okay. Well, we'll I'll, we'll we'll share music later. Okay. Um. Okay. So now we're moving on because you're not very good at these. I am too. Well, let's do the How would you proceed? Okay. What do you think? You're saying these are like speed rounds. Yeah. Give me three in a row. And you're, but you're not good at Go the speed. Go fast. Okay. No, this is... Well, let's just go to the... How would you proceed? Okay. No, look, I have a challenge. Sam. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> but I, see, I don't think you can. I can. Uh, okay. Um, 80s TV family that you wish was yours. Alf. When you were 13... And Alf is part of it. Hey. Hmm? <laughs> Alf is there. Hey. <laughs> when you were 13, who was the celebrity you most frequently masturbated to? Paul Abdul. Ooh, she keeps coming up. Yes, finally. We, did we talk about her yesterday? Yes, yeah. Uh, last thing you stole from a set. Uh, I stole the sign from the set of Crashing that uh, for the Boston Comedy Club. It's the club that we built. Uh, what would you get tattooed on your right testicle? Whoops. <laughs> I'm so glad I asked that one. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oh, it was very funny. Okay, now this is... We're, the My game, left testicle no, says a daisy. So. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's worth... The tangents are worth You're it. You're so right. I know. Yeah, that's I know. the that's problem. That's what makes it hard. Oh, God. But okay. I'll keep going. I would like this. All right. No, no, no. We're now oh, okay. on to a different segment. Okay. This is called How Would You Proceed? Mm -hmm. All right. While at the farmer's market, mm. you run into Shailene Woodley. Who? Who? 
Wait, you don't know? Okay, so pick someone else. He doesn't know Shailene Woodley. Wait, I think I do. She was on Big Little Lies. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. She's the, yeah. I know who Shailene Woodley is. Yeah. Listen to you suddenly getting kind of arrogant. It's like (laughs) your feathers are ruffled. She's in the HBO family. (laughs) (laughs) I've never met her. They don't invite me to the events. (laughs) (laughs) She's working um, at a natural food stand. Uh She tells you she has started a new side business. Um, She's very passionate about educating people on the dangers of cow's milk. And her new product is richer in nutrients and healthier. It's breast milk cheese. She offers you a sample. Mm -hmm. How would you proceed? Oh, uh, just out of curiosity, whose breast milk is it? That's what I would say. Um, Well, that's kind of... Was she (laughs) grass-fed? Shailene says... We ethically cannot tell you that. Uh Just know that I have contributed along with a lot of A-listers. That's hilarious. (laughs) It could be me. It could be Kidman. could be Paul Abdul. You don't know. Who's been pregnant recently? Well, I'm so sorry, Pete. I'm such a big fan of your podcast. Oh, wow. Shailene. Yeah. But um, no, I'm so sorry. That's like We get asked that all the time, but I can't tell you. Do you go to auditions a lot and see Anna Kendrick? (laughs) You feel like similar types to me. Who is that? She was in um, Up in the Air, hmm. uh, The Accountant. Do you want to try this? I will not eat this breast, breast milk cheese. Breast milk cheese? But I, it's more complicated I than I you. think like breast milk is gross. I just, I don't eat cheese. So you had me at cheese. Okay, but I don't know if I believe you. <laughs> no, that's true. But this is lactose intolerant cheese. You're, but it's still lactose. It's just human lactose. <laughs> There's still lactate. There's still lactic acid. <laughs> it was still lactated. Like someone lactated into a bucket. Yeah, but and probably it was a woman. most likely an A-lister. <laughs> <laughs> I'll eat it if you tell me whose it was while I'm chewing. How about I that? can't ethically... Then I'm not eating it. <laughs> That's how I would proceed. <laughs> would you eat it, Anna Ferris? God, yeah, uh, I don't, yeah, yeah, I would. Really? I would. I mean, my internal monologue would be like, be brave, Ferris. Why? You be brave. Because you don't want to offend whatever her name is, Kendrick Well, and Lamar. also, I'm, I, I do like to experiment. Like, I want to, I like to think that if, you know, I eat all different kinds of milk that comes from yeah. four-legged creatures that I could attempt to, No, Peter you know, tried to do that. The, the, the PETA people. They uh, they tried to get Ben and Jerry's to start using breast milk. <laughs> they did. That's true, because they were like, "Why would you be uncomfortable with that? Which if you would be comfortable drinking the milk of a cow?" What is the site? But why? What is the why? Why are we fundamentally uncomfortable with this? With breast milk? Yeah. Why is it just for babies? You know. Well, it not is- just for babies. That's what the that's what a stand is called. <laughs> what is what? That's funny. Well, you know, breast milk is for infants. And so is milk is for cow infants. I don't want to get into all this, but I'm just you saying. You really don't eat cheese. It is, yeah, no, it's, 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 you really don't eat cheese. Growth fluid. You're eating sure. something designed to make yeah, a calf for another gain a hundred thousand yeah, pounds. But, but because there's an adjustment period that happens, you know, before you're aware. Yeah. You know, you're conditioned. <laughs> your, your defense is, yeah, but I started eating it before I knew. Yeah. <laughs> and now I like it. No, that's fine. My wife eats cheese. I'm not like against cheese, but I really don't eat cheese. I don't eat dairy. 
You have vegan cheese, like cashew cheese? Oh, sure, yeah. I'll make cashew cheese. Um, when did you become a vegan? Uh, this is boring. Nobody likes talking about this, but it's been like maybe four or five years. Wow. That's impressive, though. Is it? I think so. There's a lot of fun things that are vegan. Sugar is vegan. Bread is vegan. Mm. Um, vodka is vegan. That's fully sold, but <laughs> some of it, some of it I'm sold on. <laughs> okay. So you're not eating the cheese. You say, fuck you, Shailene. Yeah, Shailene Woodley. Out of my face. Which sounds like a rap name. <laughs> Woodley! Yo! Shailene! Holmes! Eat my milk, cheese. <laughs> that was almost no effort. <laughs> and I loved it. But it's Shailene, though. She's, yeah, Shailene. She's, you know, she, her, her, she's just starting out in the rap. Shailene's. Cheese. Shay cheese. Shay cheese? Shay cheese, but you didn't like Not Just for Babies? No, I loved it. Okay. Not Just for Babies sells Shay cheese. <laughs> Not just for babies. Presents That's the brie. Shea cheese featuring Shea. Kendrick Lamar. Shea cheese is their softer version. Yes, of course. I also don't think I just for the non-vegans listening. I don't think it's like disgusting or anything. I ate cheese for a long time, and I loved it. Okay. I'm just off it. Right. I think that's one of the problems with vegans is like they don't appreciate the fact that. First of all, I kept kept us alive as a people, eating animals and eating dairy and all that stuff. And so there's no like inclusion. Mm-hmm. Like we, we're supposed to transcend and include. So if you move forward in your thinking, don't forget to have love and compassion for the people that are still behaving how you recently were also behaving. That's- A lot of what happens is people become vegans and they're like, you're an animal. I don't feel that way at all. And sometimes I get drunk and eat Korean fried chicken, but that's rare. What, why Korean fried chicken? That's just a real example. That was a, that was a, like a year ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just ate some Korean fried chicken. Fried chicken is one of those things. I think it's fucked up. Kind of. I do. Uh, but it's a craveable food. And if you got Delicious. drunk on a plane and you're just like, give me fried chicken. I was alone in a hotel in New York. There's mm. just something. Every once in a while, you know what's a real human need? Doing something that no one knows about that you're not supposed to do. Mm-hmm. That's a real human need. And I call it no one tells me what to do. So it was so much less about the chicken as it was about me using Postmates. To, I was doing some press or something That's that like I didn't want to do. adult version of studying abroad. Which part? Like, like I'm on an adventure and I'm going to do something that feels like a little bit like... A little bit wrong. I shouldn't, I yeah. shouldn't do this. But you're an adult now, so it's not like you can go so out you... and like fuck a bunch of strangers or whatever. Or maybe you can, I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, there's like that... It's a, a little bit sad that our guilty pleasures become sort of so humble as fried chicken. As we get older. In New York. I think that's evolution, is you realize you have a drive to do something naughty, but you find reasonable ways to do it. Instead of hurting other people or hurting yourself, you just Or our brain cells just dying and we're like, this gets us off now. Could be. <laughs> Could be. But I, you know, like... I know people who are married and like sneak cigarettes and that's like, it's so much more than the cigarette. Oh, completely. They're addicted to the secret. That's Uh, actually, it's like a John Mulaney bit actually. He goes, I love secrets. I love having a secret. It's like, it's not smoking. This is, I just realized that's his bit. (laughs) I shouldn't have said it, but it it sunk into my brain. And it's a great That's kind of what it's like playing characters a little bit too. I know we probably have to get to our callers, but, but don't you think. People call in. Oh, yeah, I'm so sorry. This yeah. is an advice show. We give advice. I don't know. Right, Sim knows up. the callers, but I don't. Okay. All right. So. Just so you know, you know that when I'm exploring 
As you do. So we're going to actually call Tony first. And Tony is in Denver and he is 33. Did you ask for this massage chair? Was that in your like deal? Nope. I went out and bought it. Really? And I had it delivered. And if the show gets canceled, I don't know how exactly I'm going to move it out of here. (laughs) I'm not prepared to Skype with anybody. No, we're not. We're not talking. (laughs) We're not talking. We're not going to see him. Oh, okay. Good. (laughs) Did you say good? Tony? Hey. Tony, it's Sim. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Sim? Doing really well. I'm going to introduce you to Anna right now. Hey, Tony, how are you? You said you already said you were doing well. That was one of those awkward things where I say the same question. But how are you? Thanks so much for doing this. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I'm excited. And uh, Pete Holmes is here as well. Uh, hi. I, I can't help but notice that Anna turned it on for you, Tony. So. What? You really well, turned up it. the enthusiasm and yeah. the charm. Uh, well, I- hey, Tony! <laughs> I came in, you were like, hi! <laughs> hey, Tony, tell us what's going on uh, with your with your wife and her ex-husband. Some crazy shit's happening. Yeah, it's nuts. So, uh, first, I just have to say, I'm, I'm a little nervous, because I love your guys' show, and uh, I found it like two months ago and I've listened to your back catalog almost every day trying to get caught up on everything. So. I fucking love you, Tony. Yeah, absolutely. Thank, Thank you, you so Tony much. love continues. Thank you. <laughs> I, I guess Pete is a little angry with I'm a little me. jealous. But Tony, thank, thank you so much. This podcast that is all about me. Now know. there's a Tony. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Tony. So what's what's happening? Your, your, you, your wife was married before so, uh, so we have been together about seven years. Um, she was with her ex before that for about 10-ish years. Um, and uh, her and I just got married this last December, officially. Uh, we've basically been married for basically the whole time. We moved in together pretty quick. Uh, we've been together about six years as a married couple, but officially got married this last December. And... Uh, we have an interesting situation with her ex in that they still have a relationship because they had a kid together. Uh, so my stepson, uh, her son, and anytime they communicate, so anytime that they have to talk about their son, school, health, anything like that, the conversations get pretty heated. The ex-husband is very... Um, controlling, very belittling, very emotionally and verbally abusive towards her. And I think through 10 years of of being with him and sort of being in that environment, she just sort of, she shut down. She doesn't really confront him. Uh, They might fight, but ultimately she gives in to whatever his side of the fight is. Uh, And there's still a uh, possessive nature to his relationship with her. I, there's very much a, you are mine, and because of that, you're going to do what I say, uh, even to the point of, I, I have never met him. Uh, we've never communicated. We've never talked. And it's, it's getting to the point now, especially since we are officially a married couple, that I feel like maybe I should step up sort of I hate falling into gender norms because I'm not a manly man by any sense of the word but I feel like should should I step up and defend her honor so to speak or do I let it play out for her the way that she wants to do it uh, and let her handle it since it's sort of not my business since I'm not I'm not the father I'm not in that dynamic as much 
Oh man, I bet all the men here have their opinions. I think that what you can do is be just unbelievably supportive and gentle with Brooke. And when she's in a comfortable place, you can say to her, you know, I know you as this strong woman, as this strong, like, confident woman. And when I see you talk with him or interact with him, I see him kind of break you down. Like, how, how can we work on that? How can I make you feel strong in all areas of your life? Personally, I don't know if communication with the ex, I think that he's waiting for that moment from you. I don't know why I suspect yeah. that. And that will stress all party members out, including, you know, her son, who's now your stepson. It, this is a long process, though. Like, I know you've already waited seven years. Um, do you desire to meet him? How do you feel about it? No, I don't, I don't really care to communicate with him on any sort of regular basis. There are things that, because of his adamant desire that I not be around... Uh, where he can control it, he tries to. So, for example, my stepson is in is in karate, and uh, you know I I don't go to any of his karate tournaments or anything like that because I'm not not welcome around uh, the father, and that's yeah, that's fine for no, me. No, it's fucking sucks. I mean, but, I mean, I don't mean to, but but yeah, no, of course that must hurt your feelings. I, I, or at least like feel like there's these two family members and now you're creating this family and you want to see the future. And there's like this whole element that's holding back the idea of progression, I guess. Um, Pete, I was going to say, you, I think you just hit it on the head there when you said control. Because this is like a classic control move is to blow up all the bridges and any sort of contact with you and isolate you and isolate the idea of you as, as like something over there. And I, I really think that's very disempowering to you and disempowering to your wife and very empowering to him. He can kind of control the information and stuff. I would think all of these things grow and fester in darkness. And I think he's using that potentially to his advantage. I really think it's it's in everyone's best interest to not only communicate, but to compassionately listen to one another. So this guy probably thinks of you as a threat. Show him that you're not a threat. Go not with an, ag an agenda. Go and talk with him, in not in the hopes of being the man or whatever your, your kind of concern was that you might be like defending your wife's honor build those bridges, open that communication because he's the father of your stepson <laughs> and you absolutely need to figure out terms that work for everybody that make everyone feel loved, listened to and included. But as long as this guy is like, I don't even want to be in the same room. I'm sorry. It, it didn't work out that way. I'm, I'm married to the mother of my, <laughs> of your son and we're all in this together. So I think the answer is to not not come at it with aggression, but to compassionately listen to this man. What are his concerns? What are his feelings? You need to talk. You need to open the windows and unlock the doors of this whole situation in love, because otherwise it's only going to always be this Voldemort-esque, other, dark, secret, evil thing that's just growing in power the less you talk about it. So I don't think it's a confrontation. I think it's like, hey, man, we're married. I think you might even apologize. Like I, I, I'm, I think we should have figured that this out a long time ago. I don't ago. know. 
Well, well I, I mean, apologize for the fact that they didn't talk about this before. That's I'm not mean. saying, yeah, that, no, no, that's no. what I'm saying is be like, I think we made a mistake a long right, time by ago. not talking uh, about this. That, that is a strong yeah. move when that when that interaction happens. But I think the first step is to be really open with your wife and talk to her about this stuff. The great news here is that Brooks ex viewed her as property, clearly. And is, you know, and and still views that and is now his ego is like, you know, he's like, how, how dare this woman leave me for somebody else? And he's like that. And that is fueling him. And that's a that's a slightly dangerous position. So I would be, I, I would proceed with caution, I guess a little bit. But the good news is in this scenario is that you're not that, that you uh, love and respect her and so therefore she has grown like she's chosen a much better companion and I would take comfort in that and I and I would you know I, I would like I would like hold her face and just be like I love you so much let's figure out a game plan it can be at your own pace but I want you to know that you're an incredibly strong woman and it's hard for me to see when he makes you feel weak and um uh, you, you probably know all this already, but the key is to kind of go through your wife, I think. But doesn't it sound like he already has? This sounds like a pretty emotionally evolved person. No, I, completely. That's what I'm saying. I like, Brooke doubt had, that this Brooke guy grew. hasn't said, I love you, and, I'm a fr- no, 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 and no, I no, don't no. like that your husband does no, this. No, 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 no. But I'm saying in, in the initiating the con- like because I think that Tony should start to tell her and be open in his communication about what he wants his goal to be, which is being able to interact with this dude, have a normal, like a a family future, be able to go to the karate tournaments, but it has to go through her steps. It can't leapfrog over. My my advice is, is definitely to include the wife in that. Fuck you. (laughs) Is to go man only kind of dude. No, but it sounds like when you have a toxic relationship that belittles and disempowers somebody, you sometimes need help. You know what I'm saying? Like, it sounds right. like this woman in other areas of her life is decisive, is powerful. But sometimes we have those people that are kryptonite and they shut us down. So I'm not saying he Absolutely. comes in and circumvents her desires. Obviously, it sounds like he already... My, my assumption is you already are talking to your wife about this. The next... my sure. the, yeah. the advice part, then, is figuring out together and in slow motion and not imposing anything. Very natural steps finding some way to open up the lines of communication. And my advice is when you do that, do it with compassion and patience. Don't go in with the 15-step plan that ends with what you getting what you want. Go in and be like, what's going on? Why, why can't we blend these borders a little bit? It's been some time. I'm with your wife. Are you, are you still mad about that? Maybe go to counseling together. Maybe you need a mediator. But it sounds like we're past the point of just being like. What if this dude is completely? What if he's not open at all to any type of conversation at all? Where he's just going to shut him down immediately? He is like, I'm worried that he has built up a lot of angry fuel. And how did we build that up by isolating? Of course, of course, of course. I'm just saying we need to open up that conversation. So he might be resistant. Why are you resistant? This isn't working for me. Tony, it's okay for you to feel like you're not getting what you need, and it's appropriate for you to vocalize that, not not aggressively, but be like, hey, I'm not getting what I need. I don't want to live in fear that there's a person I can't talk to. I don't want you to feel like you can't talk to me. Let's work this out. You're, you're co-parenting his son. He should be in touch with you. 
Otherwise, it's an an 80s, it's like movie, and he's just going to be poisoning that kid against you. These lines of dialogues need to be open. This guy has complete control over every piece on the board right now. And the only way to get some healthy light and air into the situation is through communication. There's different ways of doing that. You could, you know, offer to meet up. You could get a counselor involved. It sounds like maybe that would be helpful to have a mediator. So this guy just doesn't go... Because then he has the power. If you're like, would you like to meet for coffee? It's easy for him to be like, go fuck yourself. And then he just maintains his power. You need, there need to be stakes. Like a therapist? That's what I'm saying, a therapist. And and your wife needs, you need to have a unified front with your wife, which is like, we're not going to keep doing this. I'm not going to keep tiptoeing. I'm not going to walk on eggshells. We're going to meet. We're going to talk. And if you don't, there's real consequences to that, meaning like I'm not going to this, this, or this, whatever it is that he wants. Pete, would you be willing to be the mediator? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. You could, I think you do a great job. Yeah, right? <laughs> but, you know, I can't stress it enough. This guy, even as we're talking about him, he's sort of being vilified as the the evil ex-husband and the, and the dad of, of your stepson and stuff. We need to really, that's why I say compassionately listen, try and understand where he's coming from. Try and understand his pain. Right. Because that's the way. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. But Tony, also though, I know what it's like to feel nervous about exes. Because I have, you know, in the past, like, felt controlled without even knowing it, I guess. And so then I think it's really important. You kind of have the burden and the gift of making Brooke feel really loved and confident, you know, and, and really good about um, about what you guys are building and doing. Tell her, like, I see this happening to you. I see that you get anxious. I see that you get really nervous and... As a man, as your husband, it, it you right. know, it bothers me. I don't know. Final advice before we let him go? I don't know. Am I? I it's I, tough. This, this is a tough, a tough one. one. Oh, tough I have one. final advice. Talk to people that have been in this situation because I don't have a stepson. I don't know what's going on. So it might be helpful to know a little bit of those politics, a little bit of that dynamic. What is it like when you're co-parenting with someone who doesn't like you? And there's got to be a way around it. And I'm sure at some point there's going to be open lines of communication because power dynamics like this are fed by silence. It's a, it's a classic move. It's just like, stop the communication between me and him. I don't want to be seen with him. I don't want him talking to me. That's where, where problems like this fester. Hey, Tony, thank you so much. 
Good luck. Yeah. Hey, Tony, truly, like, thank you, because I think that a lot of people go through this, and it's going to help a lot of people. Thank you well, so let's much. Let's get an update from you sooner than later. After and I you hope talk Brooke doesn't her. get mad if I tell yeah. you that I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tony. Bye, Tony. Thank you. We have one more call. Uh, man, that's a tough one. Yeah. What the fuck? That was, but listen, I, I, we, you know, we needed a male caller. Oh, God. I, I, so it's you get such a lot a, of female callers? It's yeah. such a common... It's mostly all female callers. But, but, that's a tough it's one. tough situation. All right, we're going to call Casey. Do you have her number? There's no easy answer to that one. Sorry? She's in Providence, and she's 23. That guy, if it's a young marriage, which it sounds like it was, because he was 33, the kid's 11. Hello? Hey, Casey. Hey, Hi, Sam, Sam. How are you? How are you? I'm going to introduce Anna Hi, right now. Hi, Casey. It's Anna. Hi, Anna. How are you? I'm really good. Thanks so much for doing this. Yeah, no problem. Thank you guys for calling. We have Pete Holmes here. Hello. Hey, Pete. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Casey, tell us what's going on with your boyfriend and more specifically his friends. Yeah. Oh, sorry. My dog's barking. Um, my boyfriend and I have been dating for about two years. Um, we met through a mutual friend that he lived with back in college. So we just moved in together in January, and everything's been really good. Uh, really, he's honestly been like one of the better roommates I've ever had. Uh, the only issue has been his actually his high school friends. So all of our mutual friends we met through moved away pretty much. They don't live in the area. And his high school friends have kind of taken it upon themselves to be here very, very frequently at our house, um, which would be fine, except... I don't get along with them that well. I kind of know they don't like me. We have very different viewpoints. They like to make jokes that my boyfriend has been wifed up and all that. We have our issues. How old are you? Can I'm sorry. I need I need 23. Contact. 23. Sorry. Yeah. So I was trying to like be nice to them, hang out. I'd be in the living room and it, we were having issues. Like one day I think I stood up to empty the dishwasher or let the dog out or something. And they just kind of changed the channel on the show I was watching. They came and changed it. Um, another day they totally just talked over what I was watching. They were making fun of it. I got frustrated. And that night I talked to my boyfriend and I was like, Hey, look, this is kind of an issue. Thought it was going to be resolved. And he came home with a new TV that they convinced him to buy for our spare room, which I thought would be good. Except now they were over. I think it ended up being five or six days in a row. They were over. Um, so my question for you guys is, am I overreacting? Should I just kind of let it go? Or should my boyfriend say something and maybe set some limits with them? I think the problem is your boyfriend. <laughs> totally. It's it's not your the guy is not doing you properly. I, I just mean like yeah. that this is a respect issue. He's probably having some panic that you guys moved in together, so he's trying to assert that he's still young and he can still see his friends. Because no group of friends convince a guy to buy a TV. He bought a TV because he's trying to impose an old way of living upon this new way that's probably giving him some panic because he probably feels like he's wifed up. So his bro friends are making jokes like that, representing his... Pussy whip jokes, all exactly. of those things. But yeah. he agrees with them. Like yeah. the, right. This is a... It's a pretty big problem, and it's a problem with him. It's not a problem with his friends. This dude needs to get right or get out. Completely. I, that's all you need I know. To I know Anna has opinions about friendships and dude friendships and all of that. Oh, yeah. Well, I remember, Casey, uh, like, uh, I, I was 23, and I was dating this guy, maybe 22, anyway. And I remember his friends saying in front of me, like to him, like, oh, you're so pussy whipped. Oh, like what? You can't hang out with the fucking dudes anymore. You're so fucking pussy whipped. And I'm standing right there. And he didn't 
sort of shut them down. Not that I, I don't no, know. He it's should shut them down. This yeah, is not right. That's right not of course, but over yeah. the line to expect no, your boyfriend to be like, no, 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 no. Of course not. But yeah. but it was also it said something about me that instead of sort of attempting to figure out a good solution in those moments, instead sulking and later on that night being like. Why would they say that? That hurt my feelings. And I'm not saying, Casey, that this, because I don't know exactly what to say in the moment. Because it's, if you take a stand and say, like, what the fuck is that? Wait, what's going on, you guys? I don't understand. What's going on? Can we all just be cool? And your boyfriend's like, oh, like, doesn't have your back. And the dudes are like, dude, your girlfriend, man, she's kind of a bitch or whatever. Um, she's hot. She's hot, Casey. You're hot. <laughs> but, cool. but no, but I hope you hear what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, that's one thing I've thought about doing, but I didn't know just because knowing what they feel about me, like I didn't know if they would think it was weird or if he would think it was weird if I'd make things worse by saying something in front of them. So that's why I was just kind of waited until they left or like. I, I wouldn't like use confrontation. I think you have to be, if you love, do you love your boyfriend? Yeah, no, I do. And like, other than this, everything has been really good. It's just like. We moved in together and suddenly I was like, oh, geez, your friends are not who I thought they were. And that's been kind of this like wedge in our relationship. Yeah, that's a lately. huge issue. It's, it's, a, it's an enormous issue. <laughs> How old is your boyfriend, by the way? He's just turned 24. So he's like a year older than me. And whose idea was it to move in together? Was it a lease situation where you're like, well, my he, lease is up, your lease is up? Or did you guys go, we were, let's live together? So we were living at home since college um and both kind of driving really far for work and we it was kind of spur of the moment we came across this place that was literally we've been talking about it and this place was literally everything we wanted so we did it and it is a month-to-month lease so it was kind of like no pressure thing and yeah I mean it's been good other than that we it's good for us to both be close to work and honestly when I'm working we don't see each other that much so it wasn't I do freelance so I've been off for the past two weeks and I feel like that's when it's kind of become more of a problem because I'm noticing it more. Casey, I think that Pete and Sim are kind of right here. I'm not sure I'm crazy about this guy. And here's the thing. We're all like sort of pressured by society to check things off the list to, you know, to move in, to get married, to have kids, to get the job, whatever, in whatever order. Life is short and you have no commitment to anybody but yourself if you are having like down the road, it might not be today or next month or the month after that, but if you're having doubts about this guy, um, which it sounds like you maybe maybe should a little bit. I don't mean to plant a seed. No, yeah. You can move on, you, you can know? bounce. Yeah, you I'll, can bounce. Moving in with somebody is a big deal. And this guy sounds like he did it for practical reasons, which makes my vagina dry up. It's like the least romantic, least You loving. have the wettest vagina, I know. I know. What I'm saying is, if I were a lady, that would not be doing it for me. So you might have moved in a little too quickly, and that's okay. You could be like, look, if you want to live with your boys, go ahead. But I want to keep dating. I'm going to move out. This isn't right. Like, that's what you Completely. should say. If you want to live with these guys, live with these guys. Once she offers that up, once she says that, it'll be telling to see what his response would be. You know what his response is going to be? What? You, when you move in with somebody, it needs to be because you want to live with somebody and because you're in love with the, that person and you see a future. And you uh, rightly took it. 
because you're a woman and you're probably more emotionally intelligent. You took it as an indication of how serious the relationship is. Well, this guy's doing like a classic bullshit guy move, which is like, I'm going to live with you, but I'm going to prove that I am still a guy. I'm still one of the guys and I can still hang out. Okay. Simple diagnosis. You, we moved in. We rushed in too quickly because we wanted to be closer to work, and this place is perfect. That's okay. I love you. I want to keep dating, but I don't think you're ready to live with me if you're being honest. I don't think this is what you want, and I'm not getting what I want, so I'm going to move out. You can move in with, let me get some of their names, Kyle, Brad, Chad, <laughs> Chet, and I bet there's one of them that's Chet. called Ivory because these guys sound like fucking douches, and your boyfriend sounds like a young 24, and he needs to work that shit out before he makes a huge life decision like sharing a space with a lover. That's fucking crazy. I want to applaud this right now. Yes, <laughs> no kidding. I yeah, wish... that was really good. Like, not what I expected, but that was really helpful, I have to say. And it's okay. You don't have to hate him to be like, I think we rushed in. You can keep dating. You can be like, I love you. I care about... I'm sorry, Anna. It's, no, 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 no. Like, this is good. It's okay. I, I'm not saying I hate you. I'm not saying your friends are breaking us up i'm saying it sounds like you may be rushed into this that's okay we're both young i'm gonna move and we're gonna go back to like something that might be more comfortable for you because it seems to me like you'd like to hang out with me once a week and maybe and you know what that's called <laughs> dating and we're living together and until you want to netflix and chill with me five six nights out of the week don't fucking share a key with me <laughs> Yeah, Casey. Truly, though, you you are sort of living as my scenario. When I first moved to LA, I moved in with my boyfriend uh, immediately. I paid the rent, and then you, you know we were together for years, kind of unhappily. So I I I wish that somebody had said to me, like, take a step back. Is this person making you feel good, or is this person making you feel bad? You know, the 20s are a time for self-exploration and, and selfishness, truly, a little bit. You know, it's like you're you're figuring shit out. Anyway, so don't trust trust your gut. And, and maybe people that you love, you know, around you will be afraid to tell you to be completely blunt like Pete just was. Um, but yeah, um, but, uh, anyway, it's, it's all food for thought and no decision has to be made tonight or like I, I think said, it does need to be made tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I also want to just say, He's like ready to get me out. no, no, Casey, I also want to say, I think this is important too, is it's not a gender thing. If anyone tries to make you seem like you're the girl that doesn't want the flat screen, fuck that shit. If a girl did this to me, I would just be like, this is inappropriate. This isn't what I want. And that's okay. So don't let anyone yeah. be like, oh, you're whipping or you're trying to. No, you're not. You si Anyone in your situation would go, I'm moving in with my boyfriend. I don't expect the fucking goof troop there every night. <laughs> and that is, that is a microaggression. It's passive aggressive. Ding it's unfair dong. to you. And he knows what he's doing. He's being way more of an asshole than he's letting on. Like this, this is coming from him because I've never had five guy friends show up at my house that I didn't want there. That's called a posse <laughs> and the police would be called. And it really does. It doesn't <laughs> feel good to be that person who, you know, like, like I was like late at night being like, you know, basically asking, do you love me enough? Like what's happening? Why, why, why is all this making me feel small? And yeah, if I can prevent you from feeling that way, Casey, I would really love that. No, I think this is what I needed to hear. Cause like I said, all of our like other friends who I could go to are mutual friends and I don't want to like put them in a weird situation. And 
I needed like an outside opinion. And I think this was good. This definitely helps. It's food for thought for sure. And also like trust yourself and, um, yeah. And, uh, and also constantly take temperatures on your levels of like, how good does this person make me feel? Because life mm-hmm. is fucking short. You could have a shit ton of lovers out there just waiting in the wings. <laughs> yeah. It's not the time to take it on the chin and be like, well, I'm 24 and this is my life. Like, we're all, old, we're all older than you, so we're just like, oh, man, we've been there. Yeah. I was going to say, we, we, this is coming we've from all experience, Casey. This is all coming from experience. And hey, we're not even saying break up. We're yeah. just saying, no, you are free to move. You can That's go in right. any direction. You can do whatever you want. Don't be bullied by this literal group of bullies. And, you know, and you don't even have to be mad at them. You don't have to be like, hey, no. fuck you. Pete uh-uh. said you're an asshole. No, this, <laughs> this guy is also probably operating on some subconscious levels where he's he, he might have bit off more than he could chew and just be like, hey, let's just go back to dating. I, I just I'm going to move down the street. I want to keep seeing you. I just don't think we're ready to live together. And you know what? That's OK. It's OK. Mm-hmm. We're figuring this out. I don't like this situation. Go fuck your TV. One of those inputs has got to be big enough. That's what I want to say right there. Yeah, go. I know you do. There's got to be some anger here. You're not calling in because this is easy. Go spoon that huge ass TV and call your boy Turtle and Munts and Randy if you get lonely because I'm sick of this shit. I thought we were going to be watching Downton Abbey and getting Grubhub, not hanging out with Skeet and Hockey Puck and JoJo the Idiot Circus Boy. Nobody needs it. It's okay. It's not even that big of a deal. Start looking at other places. It's all good. Casey, thank you so much. Casey, thank you. Thank and you guys so much. You guys awesome. I love you and thank you. Will you keep us posted? Yeah, definitely. I will. All thank right. you. Thanks. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. I'm going to need a text when that one's resolved. <laughs> That uh, was amazing. Pete, fantastic. <laughs> you nailed it. Nailed the first one was so nailed it. Yeah, the first one was tougher. <laughs> Second one was easy for you. <laughs> you know what's a great episode of my own podcast? Matt Myra. It's one of the early ones. We talked for three and a half. I think it's one of our old, longest episodes. It's a four-hour episode. It's like a Rogan, typical Rogan episode. It's like a typical Rogue, as we call. <laughs> we went Rogue. I love talking about breakup theory and breakup ethics. And like one of the things that I really needed to learn for myself was just because like what you were saying, if I'm not happy... I don't have to hate you. I don't have to have a long list of reasons. I don't have to have an airtight argument. It's okay to speak your truth and be like, I'm not happy. And this is what my therapist always says. I'm going to bounce. It's okay. Like even the word bounce. I'm going to bounce. I'm going to bounce. I'm going to bounce. This is my time. You only got a little bit of it. You are allowed to, man, I hate to say it nine times out of 10, no one ever follows it. You talk to a friend like that. And then in two years, you're dancing at their wedding. Oh, my God. That happens, what, constantly? I was going to say, if she takes her advice and says, hey, I'm going to move out, but we're still going to date, they're not going to date. They're they're done, done. or or their days are numbered. It's a slow motion breakup. Right, pretty much. And that's okay. That's okay, though. But I like that you gave her the comforting advice of, like, you can still date. It usually doesn't happen that way, but you are crafty. It was really, yes. You crafty man. Yeah, yeah, Perfect. Because it's hard to break it. You take somebody that you've only ever showered with love, and gifts and sex and companionship. And then out of the blue, you're supposed to be like, I'm leaving. Like, it's the first time you're saying something that they, you know, that hurts them. You know, you probably fight and stuff, but like you, you're you stabbing them out of nowhere. So it's easy to come, like, soften it a little bit. You know what's funny? My first thing was like, well, 
like in my head, I was like, befriend them. Like, you know, and then I was like, why the fuck would I give her the advice of like the be cool girl? Like, oh, befriend I, the boys? Yeah. yeah. And then I, I was like sort of circling around in my head a little bit of a, like why I'm also conditioned to. Um, that is conditioning. It's yeah. Like, it's a Super Bowl commercial. You're coming in with the <laughs> yeah, hot wings. Yeah. You're supposed to be like, mm, <laughs> hey, boys. <laughs> it's a story that you didn't write, that you don't believe, that's been imprinted on you. Absolutely. Right, right. And she's feeling that too. That's why I wanted to be like, this isn't a girl thing. They, even these fucking assholes right. are making it a girl thing. Hey, you're wept. Get out of here. This is my house. Yeah. This is where I'm supposed to feel the most comfortable. Yeah. Fucking chew toy and the, and the boy <laughs> and Steven, the weirdo. <laughs> Root and the... Fucking Root. Roots. <laughs> Those names were amazing. Yeah. What did you say? Skeet was one of the... Yeah, Kyle. <laughs> one of them's a Kyle for sure. <laughs> oh, man. Pussy whip. It's going to Best Buy. <laughs> These guys need to be... Fucking quarantined until they're 30. We, they are menaces to society. Uh, yeah, listen to my podcast if you'd like. Yes. You made it weird. And uh, Crashing is on HBO Go. Hey, thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks you know what? And, and thanks so much for like being an inspiration for the podcast, the second generation, third generation Yeah, you're one of the originals. Oh, like me, yeah. uh, like us. My yeah, pleasure. Yeah, thank Isn't that you. that weird? I thought I, when I got into it, I was getting into it late. You got in what, 2014? Uh, it's been four years, so yeah. Which was like... That's like, early. That well, you was got early. A, a year and a half before us. About a year before us. Oh, okay, so, we're, so you oh, guys we're, were early, early too. We, yeah, we're about two and a half. You're years. all in that good window. Right, right. It's like if you were one of the first Netflix stand-up specials, everyone saw you. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, now yeah. there's like a dozen every week, which is fine. I know. But like... Well, there's 500,000 podcasts now. That's what I'm saying, is you wanted to break... Insane. Find an audience in that early time. Shit, man. I know. 500,000? Yeah. Well, he made that up. And he said, No, it, the real, I mean, I'm not making that up. Oh, really? Seriously. Wow, your parents are so proud you're using math. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, if you could just diagnose this mole I have, we could really make them proud. He's <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me. Pete, thank you. Thanks, Han. All right, I love you, dear listeners. Thank you. She's a